360Ed TV is brought to you by Rice Studios and Agility. So welcome, Riley Batchelor. Uh, Riley, you're the CEO of EduGrowth, and uh, I got along to one of your pitch nights recently, and I have to say I was really impressed by the, the quality of the mentoring that was happening. Um, it wasn't quite as scary as Shark Tank, but I have to say there was a lot of uh, sweating happening uh, as different uh, presenters got up and, and pitched to the, uh, the broader team that was sitting there. The audience was fascinating. You had this wide variety of old heads from, from tech companies. You had, oh, there's a guy sitting next to me who had just come up with an idea about online schools and he was interested to see how he could mature that idea within that environment. There was people chomping on pizza down the back and sipping red wine. It was a great environment for people to be able to get up and just talk about what was their passion and start to test their thinking around business ideas and how you might pitch. Uh, really looking forward to the next one. I'll get along to that as well. And I have to say, David Bowers did a great job emceeing the evening. He had a, enough dry wit to, uh, to keep everybody on their toes, but also some really good feedback to the, the people who are doing the pitch, just to kind of encourage them along, but also to reflect on what they had presented. So it was a, a good night all around. I wanted right. to spend some time with you tonight talking about EduGrowth. For those who haven't had a look at the website, EduGrowth uh, is a really, really exciting initiative. And I wanted to get some thoughts from Riley tonight about why it was founded, what was the reason for it starting, talk about the concept of mass platforms bringing efficiencies and broader capabilities as we look to solve big problems together. And then just to spend a little bit of time about what Edge Growth is doing in terms of funding, uh, seed funding, grants programs, and just the broader, I guess, benefits of Edge Growth's programs. So it's quite interesting. So hang with us and we'll spend 10, 15 minutes talking with Riley to get a, our heads around what Edge Growth is doing the exciting initiatives that it's actually powering. And um, I guess the first question, Riley, as I look at the founding members of EduGrowth, I've got one group of eight, I've got a, a for-profit, and I've got two universities uh, who are not in the group of eight, not in any particular uh, university grouping together. How did they come together? What drew them to, to, to kind of come up with EduGrowth? Yeah, thanks for the question, Tony, and, and thanks for having me um, um, here to, to talk with you um, about EduGrowth. So, um, yeah, we've got some uh, amazing um, founding members as part of our organisation, and as you as you mm -hmm. highlight, quite a diverse group of, of universities. And EduGrowth is so it's a, a not-for-profit organisation. Um, we, we're, we're an education technology acceleration network. And um, our mission is to drive more innovation and technology into the education industry in Australia. So mm. we are this collaborative network of, of institutions and individuals from around the, the country and collaborative being one of the key, key words there. As, as you point out, we have universities from different sectors of the industry and different groups and, um, and um, 
they 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 make up some of the key components of our organization and and what we also have is a um a number of um schools that are part of our network in the primary and secondary school space as well we have people in the vocational space we have colleges and we have lots of individual teachers and academics and of course the education technology startups as well so um, yeah, EduGrowth is really this collaborative network or platform, if you will, of, mm. of, of a number of individuals and institutions in the industry that are that are working to the to the, the mission of um, driving more innovation in the education industry. Oh, excellent, excellent. Um, looking at the attendees on the night, I, I spoke a little bit about who was there, but there was very much that sense of of a a collaborative space, almost a marketplace of ideas. An exchange of ideas, um, certainly a lot more structured than a kind of a, a loose community of practice. I was, it was quite excellent. Um, I'm interested to know: was there some sort of philosophical common ground that brought the partners together? Was there a particular, um, a big problem they were looking to solve? Was it more phil uh, from a philanthropy perspective, or they were seeking to kind of put some structure and some meat around uh, innovation? And projects that that could potentially commercialise. Yeah, look, it's it's a number of those things. So the the founders of of Veggie Growth um, uh, all met as part of a, a government process that was run by Austrade, which was the AIE twenty twenty five process. And perhaps I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that shortly. But mm. they got together around the idea of 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 working out what the future of Australia's education industry is. So we know that there's a very large international education market, $21 billion industry, our largest service export. Australia is known for, for quality education around the world. So the universities that got together, those founding members and, and everyone else that's involved, um, really got around the idea of, of taking Australia's education industry to, to the next level and taking it global as well. So um, we do a great job of bringing international students in. That's a growing industry. It will continue to grow. Um, but there's an even bigger opportunity to take our education products and services to the world in market. Um, we, we call that borderless education. And we realize that technology is a key part of that as well. So setting up campuses around the world is, is, is surely not a scalable solution um, to, to reach millions of, of, of learners. So technology was a key part of the equation. So. Yeah, the, the common ground or the initial sort of uh, thesis of EduGrowth was creating this collaborative network around the idea of innovation and technology in the industry and this idea of borderless education and this, this huge growth opportunity for Australia's um, education industry. So it was sort of you know, solving a problem of, of better educational delivery through um, technology at all parts of mm. the education value chain, but it's also looking at the opportunity to, to, to take this great education industry that we have to the world and, and, and grow, the, um, grow the industry to be a, you know, a, a big driver of our economic growth in Australia. It's a good point you make in terms of taking that, that educational profile. We, we, we have one of, of educational excellence, quality, robustness to, to, to the programs uh, and, and Overall, a very strong, um, particularly onshore experience for so many international students. But when you think about the addressable market, it's only quite small. It's the top of that pyramid, isn't it, that we're really looking at in terms of students who can come out here. So as we start to find ways of taking 
new uh, and innovative educational products more broadly, that potential massification of those products, the consumption of those products by massive amounts of people becomes a much more um, likely outcome, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah, good point, Tony, and yeah, good way of putting it. And as you say, we're sort of tapping into a very small portion mm. of that market. So mm. there's about, uh, I think it's around 500 or 600,000 international students to, uh, uh, experiencing education in Australia at the moment. And there was some research that was done by Deloitte um, that uh, in partnership with Austrade that showed that there would be around a million students um, in Australia uh, taking that same sort of education by 2025. But at the same time, globally, there was it's forecast that there was going to be a billion learners by 2025 looking for a high quality education. So if we were to have a million of those in Australia out of a billion, that's you can do the maths, it's a small portion. Mm. Um, so yeah, the, the, the founders of EduGrowth um, wanted to set an ambitious and quite large goal of, of setting up Australia's education industry to um, reach 100 million learners by 2025. And technology is the scalable way of doing that. So we wanted to take 10% or, or make a, set a goal to, to take 10% of, um, of that addressable market. I was just looking at that, uh, that uh aim that you had, 100 million learners. And if we go back to the on-campus experience, Australia does very much punch above its weight in terms of yep. the students that we attract. What what do we need to do to set ourselves up for a similar level of success in the online space? And how do we transfer to that? How do we take lessons learned here and, I guess, extrapolate that into a digital experience that is just as engaging, just as high value? And I guess, takes those themes that attract us, attract international students to Australian education, take that into an online experience? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And what we need to do, in, in my opinion, or in education opinion, and what we're trying to do is, is we need to create a very strong local education technology industry. So we mm. have that strong education industry, quality education, educational delivery, uh, our reputation. Um, what we need is, you know, the two parts, the, the partnership of those two things is key. So the education piece and the technology piece. And if we can grow or continue to grow our education technology market in Australia and have those two sides of the stakeholder map working together collaboratively to um to to meet that goal of reaching these students and, and replicating the amazing offline educational experience as best as we can online. Um, that'll be the key to, uh, to, to the success of this, this initiative. And look, it's more than just taking offline content and stuffing it online, like, you know, the, the phase of MOOC yeah. 1.0. Um, it's more than that. It's, it's adaptive learning platforms. There's a huge amount of data um, that needs to be a part of these um, platforms. Now we've moved to this next level of online learning from um, in, in the in the education space. So we need a really strong, um, we need local um, education technology entrepreneurs that are solving the hard problems in online learning and, and generally in educational delivery. For us, it's not, mm. our ed tech is not just purely online learning in the traditional sense, it's app-based learning, it's game-based learning, 
it's social learning through through um, social media platforms. Mm. So we need those founders to be solving the hard problems in the technology space to partner with the educators. You talk about those larger players too, and I, I guess a good example of that broader thinking is the way in which LinkedIn uh, and LinkedIn Learning now being powered by Linda Content starts to make sense for non-traditional learners as they start to find ways to identify skill sets uh, that they need to improve, connect with the appropriate content and then validate that and I guess using LinkedIn, uh, mm. move to that next career piece. So that employability skills mapping to the next phase of the careers, something that's particularly pertinent for, for graduates today, certainly for undergraduates, um, because they want to be able to get that next job or their first job. So having smart systems and you know, systems like you know, Smart Sparrow, for instance, as an adaptive learning platform, provide you with greater insight into the behaviours, the kind of dispositional behaviours, transactional, uh, sorry, not transactional, uh, dispositional behaviours. Mm. Um, uh, so you can actually personalise the program, the content, to the learners' goals in real time. So, yeah, I think this. Yeah, you you mentioned two sort of big trends there with the with the whole sort of automation revolution that's upon mm. us. Um, there's going to be the future of work is is changing significantly, um, and um, the idea of of doing a four year degree up the front of your life, um, thinking you know what you're going to be doing for the rest of your life and have one or two jobs is just it's completely out the window now. Um, the it, lifelong learning, I think, is the future. So for the ability hmm. for people to snack and experience, snack on an experience and take micro courses or micro credentials or, or learning as they need it in the particular path of their career. And people progress in their careers at different times and at different paces. So it is needs to be more of a personalized experience as well. And people learn at different paces and in different ways. So yeah, the adaptive learning and personalized learning space is definitely, definitely a huge space that will only continue to continue to grow. Um, yeah. it's, it's a market that's not without its challenges. I think those types of businesses are finding it hard to scale the content side of their of their business. But the technology is is starting to develop and will continue to to advance um, quite rapidly over the next couple of years. Yeah, yeah your point about content's a good one because you've got you know institutional content, you've got commercial content, you've got the open source content from folks like MIT. Maybe if we talk about that collaboration, collaborative platform approach, mm. maybe there's some, some uh, aligned value there. Um, for those who have actually been back to the website, 360EdTV website, um, there's an additional interview that I did with Dr. Melissa Bordogna around uh, being a teacher in the era of machine learning. So if you have an interest in that, I recommend you go back and have a, a look at Melissa. Um, she actually gets quite emotional towards the back end of the interview because she's just so, I guess, in, immersed and invested in the outcomes for her learners. And it's, it was really refreshing to see someone who connected that deeply around the, the, the concept. Um, look, Probably with worthwhile um, uh, digging into, I guess, um, a couple of comments from uh, a local writer, Greg Sattel. Um, and uh, 
we were just sharing uh, some ideas around uh, his recent article. Uh, Riley and I were just talking about uh, the concept that uh, the best way to become a dominant player uh, today and in the future is to become really a, an indispensable partner. And one of the things that entities such as EduGrowth do is start to seed and nurture and um, I guess germinate that concept that we are better working as a collaborative, as a, as a collective, rather than trying to knock off challenges on our own. And I'll just go back to Greg's article. He says, um, I've just got it here beside me. Our ability to connect to ecosystems of talents, technology and information continues to increase. And he contends that the solutions to the issues that that creates will be more social than technical. And I was just wondering how, Riley, that resonates for you as the CEO of EduGrowth. Yeah, look, this is this is definitely um, one of our core um, uh, parts of our mission, or one of our core parts of belief that, mm. that collaboration is key. Um, and it, technology and industries, and uh, it moves so fast these days, specifically in the in the technology industry. So, um, the idea of uh, working with others and partnering and collaborating to towards a common goal just makes more sense. For us specifically in the education technology industry, we believe that the success of the local education technology industry and uh, the, the associated education industry as well, the success is going to come through collaboration. Um, mm. And it's really key that the institutions, the universities, the schools and the colleges work closely with um, the startup entrepreneurs to help them co-create and build their businesses and um, to solve the very, sometimes very complex problems in the education industry. Uh, I think the ed tech industry is very, you know, the, the types of products and services that you see are, are much more complex and face a lot more challenges than what, what a consumer app in the social media space might might face or, or a banking app in the fintech space might, might mm. be up against. So there's regulatory bar barriers, there's, the issues of um, uh, the challenges of getting good customer development in the early stages of your, of your product without being able to break into schools and universities. There's there's a huge amount of challenges. So the, the, the various um, stakeholders coming together to collaborate is key. <clears throat> the other key piece for us is government. With the um, large amounts of regulation in the space, they're obviously a key partner that needs to be part of that that collaboration. But yeah, really enjoyed um, reading Greg's article. It's um it's definitely mm. on the money from where um from where we're coming coming from. And, and instead of these universities uh, and our partners going it alone, we've we've got them to the table to to collaborate with each other and and to also collaborate with the uh, education technology um, uh, founders in the in the market as well and. So far, so good. Yeah, uh, and I think the the difference I've seen probably in the last three to four years, having spent 10, 15 years in the higher ed space, uh, working with universities across a whole variety of big iron and small projects, learning systems, enterprise systems, what I'm seeing is a ground, a groundswell of support for the idea of collaboration as opposed to, I think we can do it ourselves. Mm. And universities traditionally have looked at the market, 
if they found the right player, they will work with them. But there's also been a strong concept, in, I guess, in the minds of universities that we can probably do this ourselves. And their capacity, their resource base is very large and they can bring resources to bear. Um, I think the problem typically is how do you turn these large enterprises in a new direction in a time frame that is agile enough to deliver the outcomes that are needed? And I think that's really, that's the change I'm seeing now, particularly in places like Griffith, uh, Swinburne and RMIT as they start to re-pivot with new partnerships. Um, I'd like to spend a moment, Riley, uh, just giving you uh, the opportunity, I guess, to to talk talk uh, us through the different programs that you've got. Uh, I know there's some early stage investment uh, opportunities, uh, the pitch nights that we talked about earlier. There's a whole variety of both uh, online and face-to-face -face, uh, social opportunities, but please talk us through the things that EduGrowth is bringing to the sector. Great. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity to talk about this, Tony. So, the um, the types of um, the types of programs that we have are they're, they're quite varied, and um, we set up our programs based on a lot of them are based on the collaboration piece, and then mm -hmm. and then others are based on the supporting of the local education technology market to help it to grow and be more successful. So, for the um, the collaboration piece and the network, um, we've been running physical events around the country for about the last last year or slightly over a year actually, mm -hmm. um, in five major capital cities around around the country. And that, it, it sounds simple, but we get 30 or 50 and sometimes more people in a room. And, and you saw for yourself recently the diverse nature of um, the attendees at those types of groups. Mm. And and it's really about getting those those folks to to talk to each other. And, and you'll have a university academic or, or DVC talking to an up-and-coming edtech founder and um, about the technology that they're looking to bring into the university or the, the technology that, you, that, that that founder might have. So those events have been a great. They're our. They're a real manifestation of our community, if you will. Um, what we so we started out running those um, um, in a physical sense, and then so we have these unique communities in these five different capital cities around the country. But then we wanted to connect them together, and the the, the best way to do that is is online. So we have a community channel that's free for anyone that's interested in the space to join. Um, we have about 300, 350 people on there, I think, that are, and we discuss everything that's happening in the education space and the education technology market. Um, it's a very easy Slack channel, easy to use. And that's about the collaboration as well. So they're the kind of key things we do in that area. We also run our pitch nights that you mentioned. We've got some, some um, a number of different events and, and conferences that are coming up. We have the, we're running the day three of the Australian Financial Review um, higher Education Conference in, in August. We have the Demo Nights of our Accelerator Program coming up in July and various other um, bits and pieces you can find on our website. In the area of, of supporting uh, entrepreneurs, what we have there is we have an um, Accelerator Program. Um, so we're just about to finish the first cohort of that where we We've invested some funds into some early stage education technology businesses. Uh, we give them $50,000 for a small equity stake in their business of 6%. Um, and then we put them in, in an office space for six months um, in Sydney. And um, the most important thing that we do is we bring in the, um, 
we bring in about 50 to 60 um, mentors from the education industry over that six-month period. So they're folks from the um, uh, traditional education space, academics, teachers, educators, and they're also experienced education technology entrepreneurs and everything else in between, and we bring them in to help them build their business. Um, for the companies that are a little bit earlier, uh, uh, earlier stage, we have our pre-accelerator program, um, which is uh, you, you attended their pitch nights the other night. Mm. So that's an online course, free online course, where anyone interested in starting an tech business can go um, into that course and, and hear from some of the experts in the industry and go through a structured process to, to get their business off the ground. Um, and we have a pilot program as well, which is about plugging our up-and-coming edtech entrepreneurs into the university space, and it's also about giving our founding member universities access to new technology in a structured um, way, way that matches their, their problems. So it's actual matching program of the entrepreneurs' ideas and the, and, and the university's um, challenges. So we put those two sites together. That was um, a particularly interesting uh offering that you had when I read what that was looking to achieve I was really it was bloody impressive yeah and we, we've just gone through the first phase or we're still in the selection process of the um, of the mm. first phase and, and what we said to our university partners was what are the challenges what are the, what are the key things that you think um, technology could help solve for you they put, mm. put together a, um, a list for us and we went out to market and said hey um, Australian ed tech companies, of which there's about 350, you know, can you solve any of these problems? Is that what your business does? Apply for this program, and then we're matching the two sites together. So, so far, so good. And our plan is to, to, to next do that for the um, K through 12 market um, in partnership with a, with a large network of schools. So, they're, yeah, they're, they're kind of the, um, the, main, um, the main programs that we have, Tony. We do um, various other bits and pieces. We're a membership-driven organisation. We have our mentor network, and, and we're just about to announce the results of our um, first annual Australian EdTech Census. So, we went out to market to um, profile and, and, and talk to our EdTech entrepreneurs across the um, community. We had about 200 companies that um, that filled out the survey, and we've got some some great data that's come through on that. And um, it's showing that there's a huge amount of companies that are focused on the K to 12 market, but uh, a lot of innovation that's focused on the um, higher ed and university space as well. Um, the key ch the key challenges when we asked our these companies, what, what their key challenges were in building their education technology business. And the biggest one by far was, was um, access to customers. So finding customers and breaking into schools and universities yeah. to get their business off the ground. So no real surprises there. Um, uh, yeah, there are other cha challenges were access to capital and um, access to talent as well, which I think is an interesting one. So, um, and in my previous experience in, in running an edtech business prior to the, to this current world, that was one of the key challenges for me in in being able to find um, people to work in the business that understood both technology and education, um, mm -hmm. an education technologist, if you like. Um, that there's plenty of them out there, but not not probably not as many as there needs to be for our growing edtech <laughs> industry. So, yeah. That, yeah. That, that, they're the challenges. Um, the things that they said were beneficial to them were 
events and meetups and community initiatives and, and, and mentoring as well. So a lot of the stuff that we're doing with Edu Growth and, and we'll use this census data to help shape the next set of programs that we um, that we run in our, in our second year of, uh, of operation that we're just, just mm. coming into now. Fantastic. Um, look, when you've got that, uh, you've digested the data and you've actually started to build some real insights from it, love to hear back and uh, get an understanding of what you're seeing as the, I guess, the reality for EdTechs here in Australia. I know from a K-12 perspective, it is so difficult and so different in terms of building market share in that space that it is in, say, the tertiary or the, the vocational space. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just the way that in which you go to market is so profoundly different in both areas, each area. Mm. Yeah, it is very different. And, you know, for example, across our six sort of higher education founding partners, there's 330,000 students across our network. So, so through our pilot program, those companies can potentially have access to that many students. But if you're in the K through 12 market and you're selling door to door and school by school, it's a it's a very long, hard, hard road. But there's we're seeing a lot of innovation in the business models of those um, types of K-12 startups that are focused on a B to T to C model. So um, yes. the business to a teacher through to through to consumer or back back to the mm-hmm. school or to teacher. So <clears throat> it is changing. But yeah, I'd love to share that data with you as it um, as it as we publish it. Love to. Fantastic. Riley, uh, I've really enjoyed the chat. I'm sorry I couldn't uh, get you a virtual red wine. Shiraz is your, <laughs> your, uh, your flavour. Yes, that's right. I'll, I'll be sure to have one later tonight just to make up. Perhaps next time. Riley, thank you for joining us and uh, all the best uh, for wherever EduGrowth uh, takes you and its members and its uh, founders uh, in the future. And really look for, looking forward to hearing uh, that census data in, in more detail. Thank you. Great. No, thank you very much for having me, Tony. It was great to chat with you. And uh, yeah, thank you yeah. for your time. Pleasure. Thanks, Riley. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for joining us tonight. Remember, all of our shows are online and on demand. You simply have to subscribe off the website to get access to all of our content. I'd encourage you to do so. We post regularly and you'll get a notification as to when the latest pieces are up and ready for you to have a look at. Look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.